The start order is 17423985. The Extra Lap RC Podcast. Yes, this is the Extra Lap RC Podcast. My name's Aidan Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mark Nowen. How you doing, Martin? Well, thank you. And our good friend, straight back from an exciting shopping trip we'll hear about later, Joey Cockle. How you doing, Joey? Good evening. I'm all right. Uh, were you buying mezzos? I was buying Summit. Not mezzos. Not mezzos. I've got plenty of mezzos. What about crag inserts? Plenty of crag inserts. Well, therefore, if you need any mezzos or crag inserts, go see Joey Cockle on Saturday. He'll be there. Happily, are you giving them out for free, Joe? Tires and oh, hell no. Hell no. Oh, okay, right. But anyway, well, well, it depends who you are, I suppose. Okay, we'll find out exactly who Joey will be giving free tires to later on. But Martin, before we do all that, who are we going to speak to today? Oh, we have Mister Prep Extraordinaire, as I call him, because his builds just look amazing. Wally builds himself, Nick Watlett. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Uh, doing pretty good. Just got back from P&B. Happy to be uh, back in some nicer weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, we, we, obviously, we've all seen the, the coverage from P&B. It, it was like snow. Yeah, so I got there, and it was, uh, it was probably in the low 50s. And then just a couple of days after arriving, it dropped down to the 40s and the 30s. It rained a little bit, then it snowed, and then the last day it was back up in the 60s. Wow. And, and that's in um, White Pine, Tennessee? Yes. Yeah, it was White Pine, Tennessee. It's just a little bit outside of Knoxville. Right, okay. And uh, Though it's the least exciting bit, how did you get there? Did you, did you drive or did you fly? Uh, I flew I flew into Nashville, and then I dro- took my rental car and drove over to Knoxville. It's about a three-hour drive. Once landing there. Right. Okay. Okay. Did you get all your stuff in? In, in your, in your carry on? That, that all right? Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. I had, uh, I checked, like, Southwest always lets you check two bags for free. So you got to fly Southwest all the time. But, uh, yeah, I got everything there. And then my one carry on was just a backpack and made it really easy. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, um, I'm, I've done a bit of Facebook stalking. Um, I don't think you've been to PMB before. No, that was definitely my first time. Um, I was out there originally to help out uh, the Nitro Pro guys um, with their with their camp and take care of their team drivers and customers. And then I also, while I was there, I was racing one class, just Nitro Buggy. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so did you? Um, I've heard Nitro uh, Nitro Pro. I've seen bits when you posted things when you've done some of your builds, as Martin says. Um, so they just didn't in, invite you over to help their team because I thought. Suppose if you're flown, you can't take all that. You know, you can't take your Wally tents and your Wally trailer and things along those lines. So, what, what, how did that come about? Yeah, so Drew over at Nitro Pro wanted me, like, wanted to offer a service for all his customers and his drivers uh, at P and B, and he he, he kind of wants to do it for like further and more races, but it was kind of like a time, like a trial this time. So yeah. basically, he wanted. Just to hire me for the wrenching session. Uh, if anybody had questions or wanted some, wanted help with their cars, uh, I was there to take care of that for them. 
but I had a pit spot set up in there under their tent for them. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, so were you pitting indoors? Yeah. So they have um, the track is in one building, and then directly across from that tra- from the uh, track building, there's like a, another building with pitting, and then there's a couple more buildings with pitting, and then a lot of people brought their trailers. Um, very, very few people pit outside, obviously, because the weather wasn't going to be very good. But if they did, um, they weren't out there for much long, like from very long until they tried to find an indoor spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go outside. That'd be great. Hang on, it's snowing. Let's go inside. <laughs> let's go inside. Even if we hang out, need to hang out with the associated boys or something like that. Let's go do that. It's pro- probably a good yeah. thing. Um, so not about your racing now so if you're there helping, how much time did you then did you spend helping the nitro pro was there, was there like a, a, something that you helped a lot of people with or was it just sort of just trying to get involved and help their team out uh for the most part i was i was pretty much wrenching on all their um customers and drivers cars that was kind of what i did a lot of um if you if anyone bought a servo that weekend uh we would install it for them um, if anybody had a set of questions or needed like to rebuild their car and didn't have time or needed some diffs done or shocks done, like I was there to take care of that for them. So pretty busy most of the week. Oh, well, I'm not being funny. We need one of those. Martin, get one of those. Sort that out. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. Just fly Wally over now. Get him over for the weekend. He can be there for the Kidderman's the National. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> but Aiden, yeah. you wouldn't be there, and you'd be his biggest customer. I would be his biggest customer. Yeah, don't don't lie in front of the guests, Martin. You know, <laughs> clearly I am the Wally builds of the UK. Clearly, my car prep is in a very similar level to Nick's. <laughs> you're just the Wally of the UK racing scene. Yeah, Aiden. you're. Yeah, you're. <laughs> <sighs> Wally is definitely not the word I would use, but yeah. <laughs> But we're kind of PG thirteen, no, so nonetheless. So, like, so how did you? I think you're gonna say you you ran intermediate buggy. Yeah, so I just ran intermediate nitro buggy. Um, since I didn't want to like uh, sign up for too many classes and kind of take up my time wrenching on my own stuff, so I just raced one class to keep it easy. Right. Okay. And how did isn't, that go? I'm oh, sorry, Aiden. You go. No, no, you go first. I was going to say, only entering one class. I, I heard at B and B, you could enter like two classes under different names. Uh, no, Nick, that's the, not sure. The, 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 <laughs> no, I think, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. was gone. Yeah, someone, someone, someone got disqualified. Yeah, I think they did. I think they did intermediate buggy and something else, but with two different names. I did hear about this. Uh, yeah. The actual the person that got disqualified was the guy that won the B main um, that I was in. Right. Oh, uh, right. Okay. I was kind of like, oh, wait, does that change anything for me? Like, no. Still one spot <laughs> out. <laughs> and I think that's when he got found out, wasn't it? You know, okay, it's not the crime of the century as far as we're concerned. Nah, nah. Into thing. But I think that's how he got found out because he won that B main, didn't he? And that's where they, they, they pulled him up on it. Yeah, so I didn't know much about it. My one of my buddies asked me about it uh when I was already on my way back to the to back to Nashville. And I was like, uh 
I don't know anything about it. I don't know why, because there wasn't any tech there, so there wasn't anything to really get dis- uh, disqualified by. But I guess, yeah, that was the uh, that was the reason. Yeah, I think he's... No, sorry, it's not about you, but I think he, his, his fake name was too far away from his real name. That was my suggestion, too. If he just called himself a similar name, no one would have noticed, but I think he was saying, like, he was clearly... Other people knew who he was, and, like, the announcement was this name and he's like that's not your name so yeah it's always good but you get to pmb i know you're there to help the nitro pro team out but you do anything did you queue up for two and a half hours to get some practicing uh i decided to not uh, wait in line all day because the line was by far the longest thing i've ever seen Mm -hmm. uh, as far as (laughs) driver stand line for an rc race yeah but uh I wait. So my schedule is kind of funky because they have 24 hours of practice. Yeah. So I would help them during the day. And then at like 9 p.m., I took, or I went to sleep, slept for about three hours, got back up, back up at midnight. And then uh, from there, I practiced from midnight to 3 a.m., found out that I, my race was like the, one of the first ones. So I was back up at six in the morning. So I slept for a couple hours, got back up at six in the morning to race my qualifier. But I mean, I was so tired. I was out to lunch. I didn't even, I couldn't even get it on the track. But uh, oh. yeah, I, so, I went down the front straight for the first time and just totally forgot the turn, blew the corner out, hit the pipe. It was, it was a mess. <laughs> okay. So it's some sort of cost benefit analysis of staying up late, getting practice, and actually getting some sleep for the event. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was definitely one of the first lessons I learned really quick. Um, just deal with the line, get your practice in during the day and get some sleep at night, especially if you're going to be first <laughs> to, to go racing on Saturday. Okay. But then Nick, you're like kind of a big deal like me, not like these other two. Surely you'd be getting other people to stand in line for you. Uh, it was just, it just wasn't high on the priority list. Um, I mean, I was there to do my main job, which was help Nitro pro guys. And then the racing kind of came to a second. Um, so I wasn't really getting anybody to do line, stand in line, and I really didn't even hit the track until nine o'clock on the first day, on on practice day, and practice opened at uh, six a.m. Okay. okay, but I suppose I think that's the the, the P and B thing. That's the you know massive entries, long days, twenty four hours practice. It looked like one of the biggest tracks we've ever seen, and it was indoors. Is that is is that a big track for you to see? Oh yeah, yeah, that was by far the biggest track I've ever driven on. Like it, it was difficult to see the outer corners. Like it, if I would have had any put input on the track, I would have probably shortened it up, probably like ten, like fifteen to twenty feet on uh, both sides, because it was really difficult to see the corners. You could lose your car really easily. Oh, it's okay. 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 So, but but you, but it looked really enjoyable. Did you enjoy the track? Was there any bits you didn't like? Any bits you found difficult? Uh, no. The track was pretty mellow. It was it was technical because it was really tight and everything was uh, a lot of low speed stuff. There was the one whoop section was pretty difficult. Uh, I didn't get that until like maybe ten laps to go of the B main. <laughs> took all took all week to figure those out, but once I got it down, it was a triple double single all the way through, and it was probably the smoothest line. I wish I just wish I would have had that through qualifying because that's where all my mistakes came from. Uh, okay, okay, um, but 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 
you but you enjoyed it and you think you can do that again i don't know you, you go into is that the plan for silver state maybe in the future go with nitro pro do one class is, is you're gonna hopefully try that again yeah i think i think we'll do it more um silver state and dnc are the races that i want to really focus on and uh race at not not work oh, so okay. i won't do them for I won't do them for those events, but any other event that they want to bring me out to or want to do this at, I'm open to it. But yeah, the DNC race and the Silver State race, those are my two races that I like to go out and actually race all three classes and um, do the best that I can really focus on my program. Okay, because, you know, you are kind of a big deal. You know, it's, even in the UK, you're probably not going to admit that, but, but you are. Everyone knows Wally Builds in the UK. Um, we just keep trying to figure out postage. How much is it going to cost me to post my car to Nick Wallette to get it done, to get, and then get it sent back? Uh, and I even saw that you did some, you, you've done some Schumacher cars recently as well. And we're all big Schumacher fans on this podcast. Yeah, the Schumacher cars actually go together really well. Um, the quality of them is probably probably one of the best that I've ever build, built for 10 scale. Um, I enjoyed those builds and they came out really nice. I like them. Did you, did you, how how do you get on your belts with the four wheel drive? Did you did you figure those out? Yeah, it wasn't too hard to figure out. Um, it was a little bit of just kind of like looking at it all, and then just trying to understand why everything is there. Once I kind of get an understanding of why what its job is and what it's supposed to do there, like the, all the tensioners and kind of routing the belt and all that stuff, it makes. Once I can make sense of it, then it goes together easy for me. It's when I don't understand what it's there for. That's when I kind of like. A little lost, but uh, no, everything went together really smooth, and yeah, it was like it was a nice build. Okay, and then Wally builds. You know, you you work for associate. I think I'm getting this right. You sort of work for Associated. You did some bits. You then left Associated. You've started this. I don't know how long this has even been. How long has this Wally builds been properly been about now? So I originally started it probably. Back in 2016, is more of the side project. Yeah. Um, it didn't really have a website. I was just doing social media and offering like a build service for anybody that had a car that wanted built. So I would do that. And then one of my other buddies out here, he's like, you know, you should really like maybe put some like the dealers together and see if you can work with them and um, offer complete builds. Just they pay you, you get everything, and you ship them a ready-to-run car. That way they don't have to ship stuff to you, and you have to ship it back. You can just make an order from you, and you ship it to them. So we started doing that, and that's kind of where it kind of grew. And then we started offering the turnbuckle sets that are what we build, where we pre-build them here, um, and just kind of developing into more uh, products that kind of help the consumer, not just more turnbuckles or more carbon parts or more bearings, screw kits, mainly just using existing stuff that kind of makes it easier for the uh, customer to install them and make it a little easier on their life. Like what? So, like, a tur- like so our turnbuckle sets are all pre-built, so uh, instead of just having no, to build your turnbuckles... No, yeah. Nobody likes building turnbuckles. Nobody in their no. right mind likes doing that um these two are like near pros these two guys um, we're with but guys have you you've got all your cars done for this weekend are all your turnbuckles done yeah 
all I, tires, I, I, tires and everything else done as well. Dead easy, dead easy. But is that yeah, a popular? Yeah. Is that a popular item? Those because they're not just t- pre-done turnbuckles, are they? They're all the the, the really cool colours. Um, is that like yeah. a really popular thing that you you sell? Get rid of loads. Yeah, I actually moved quite a few of those. Um, I work with Lunsford. Uh, so any turnbuckle set that they have on there, we can do the turnbuckles in, in the different colors that we offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying more and more to expand into pre-built turnbuckles for all brands that Lunsford carries. But the hardest part is getting some of the brands that don't aren't necessarily carried in like by Horizon or HRP to get the rod ends. So that's kind yeah. of been a difficult setup to get all the rod ends and then get it, make them happen for all the companies. But it is something that I work on. Um, and I think X-Ray might be our next one. And then maybe Schumacher and uh, uh, Yokomo. But Yokomo is pretty hard to get because A-Main makes it a little bit difficult to get a dealer account set up with them. So, But we're trying. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm trying to get, get in hold of the Yokomo bits that go on the end. I see, I see what you mean by difficult to do so builds you know i i think are you big i don't know sometimes i don't build my own cars nick let's just get this out of the way i generally just don't build them somebody else will do that for me um and that's why i i I, not be funny i want to get you on for the next time i go to america i will just post you whatever car i'm going to use over there and you can sort it out um but have you is it like a a loyal customer base that you have, or you just every so often just get random questions and queries for builds from like around the, the US? Uh, there is a there's a loyal customer base that I have uh, where they'll they'll usually uh, have me build the car and then later on they'll send it back for a rebuild and refresh. Um, but then I have people that just want cars all the time, so they'll just order, "Hey, I have this car." I want I want to do this this and this and that and it's on its way and then there are people that just want rebuilds all the time like they'll build the car rich originally but then when they get ready for a race they send it over here we freshen it up get everything ready to go send it back so it's in time for the race um, but the actual thing that's kind of opened the door for more customers and kind of newer people that not just know from know me from social media is mm-hmm. the the website and doing like the signature series builds because it's it's basically you're you're essentially just ordering a ready built car off the website so it kind of attracts more customers that way because they're seeing like oh I can just I can either go to A main and have to get all these parts all these electronics the kit and it's gonna be this much or I can spend like a hundred dollars two hundred dollars more and it arrives to my door ready to rip. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm going to say like some of those could be just be random people that you've never met or ever seen or or maybe know who you are. They've just found that on the internet and used that service. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of like a lot of my new builds, like I'll just be hanging out and I'll be at dinner and I'll just get an email. Someone ordered uh, a 22X4 build or a a B6.3D build. and then it just goes right to the shop and starts building, and then we ship it out. Try we try to get it back out in about two weeks after they're ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a little bit longer, depending on um, stock of parts and stuff. Right now, because we don't really keep everything on hand, 
Um, we try to we're trying to keep more of the options on hand, so they're a little bit easier to gather for the builds and then just order kits. But yep. uh, yeah, as long as everything's in stock, we're about a two week turnaround from what it's ordered on the website. Well, okay, and then you you know again some Facebook stalking, but but you you drive TLR cars now, don't you? Yes. Yep. I'm on the TL. I'm on the TLR guys now. Um, with with some uh, some of the most patriotic body shell motocross designs, it looks like you know, your car's been draped in an American flag. It looks really good. It, it quite it stands out to certainly Brits when we look at it. So you were you were associated, you know, you worked for Associated. You then there was some sort of connection with Mayako. We we saw when that was all going on. That's that's now you know no longer seems to be involved in that. And you're driving the TLR cars. Is that because that they were? It was something you wanted to do because it was different from Team Associated, or was it just a a really popular car where you are in Southern California? No. So the whole thing, uh, the reason I left Associated was uh, to to work with Mayako and get that whole program going. And mm-hmm. so that was what initiated it. And then while um, the Monaco thing was only an eight scale program, uh, I had a couple, like I knew Thomas from TLR, the TLR team manager, Thomas Tran. Uh, I asked him like, Hey, like I know this isn't really something that you guys normally do, but uh, I don't really have a 10 scale program. I only have an eight scale program with the Mayako, uh brand. And I would like to run 10 scales or anything that we could do. It was just 10 scale. And then he got back to me and we were able to work, we were able to work something out. Uh, it wasn't like a full deal. It was more just kind of like a, like a friendly helping kind of deal. Yeah. They, did, they didn't really want, they didn't want to have that out there. We're like, Oh, you can run 10 scale or if you run eight scale, they just want, they generally want you to run the whole program, but we did sort something out there. And then when the Mayako program fell through and we kind of went our separate ways, uh, I just called up Thomas and asked him, hey, I'm ready to run the full program. If that's cool with you, I can start whenever you're ready. And he said, yep, that's fine. Uh, we'll get you some cars out and we'll get you going. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Well, Tom, we, 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 again, we also love Tom. We love everybody, to be honest, on the Extra Lap RC podcast. Um, if you don't like us, there's something wrong with you. I think that's the, the way <laughs> we have it here. Um, so I think, yeah, also at the time, you know, you stop, you know, plans change, not with Mayako, with something else. Um, obviously you were on the No Name RC podcast as well. Um, and you, you're no longer doing that. It's that just not work out because of the Mayako thing. Uh, I mean, in simple terms, when I quit Mayako, I was kind of forced to quit the No Name RC podcast, which I mean, I miss it. It was fun, but, uh. All that stuff's kind of linked together, and it wasn't the cleanest of leaving Marco between JQ and I. So, and he he has a lot of a lot of control over what happens on all that stuff. So, uh, he it ended up kind of being like a, hey, I can't or from Keenan like, hey, I can't really um, have you on anymore, but we're still oh. friends. <laughs> so oh. that's kind of how that that kind of went down. Oh, which right. I have no hard, I have no hard feelings with Keenan. I understand how it goes, but yeah, okay, that's I why that's why that kind of ended. 
I didn't know that. I, 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 I put a line through that. We'll move quickly on. Um, but honestly, but 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 I, obviously, I, I think I messaged you while you were on the No Name RC podcast. I thought I thought you were great. Obviously, it, it's probably easier to just turn up and help out on somebody else's podcast than you than to do anything else yourself when you've got your own business. Um, um, right. Okay. So, if anyone wants to do a podcast, maybe speak to Nick. Maybe if you're super smart, maybe Nick will help you out. Um, did did you did you enjoy doing podcasts? Did you enjoy that sort of different part of social media? Maybe a bit more interactive with people and things like that. Is that something you sort of you enjoy about RC meeting new people? Yeah, that's definitely something that I actually really enjoyed uh, doing all the podcasts with Keenan. They were fun uh, doing the, like the weekly shows. Um, but yeah, I I really like RC mainly for the soul, like the real fact of just being able to meet new people. Like at PNB, I met tons of people, um, a lot of people that I've talked through Facebook with and um, other types of social media. But to actually meet them in person and hang out with them and actually like get a real feel for their personalities, like I enjoy that. It's like one of my favorite parts about RC. Okay, now now that was probably. I- I think last week I started singing like the Hovis theme tune, which is like a UK joke um, because it like got a bit sad. And I'm going to say, we Nick, we have been at the same meeting. We have been to the same race. Um, in I think it was 2018. I went to Vegas to the IOCC, the last one that was in the casino. Okay, I I was there, um, and. I think I did actually, I'm going to say this is my probably one of the reasons why one, I've, I've asked you to come on just to tell this story. Two, because <laughs> I'm going to say it's like make my only regret in RC, okay, at this moment in time, because no, please don't, nobody please go back and look at the Facebook lives I did during that week. And I think I, I did them between every, like three hours gap between runs is just unheard of in the UK, Nick. That just clearly does not happen. Okay, so wow. us Brits had no idea we, what we're supposed to do with three hours between a run. Uh, so I did like <laughs> Facebook live, Facebook live videos, things along those lines. And in the like the very first one I did, I go, I'm gonna. This sounds really stalkerish. You at the very end of the table by the shop, um, and I, I walked past, and I think you were talking. I think was it Justin? Who you were helping at the time? Justin, yeah, yeah, Justin Myerson. Yep, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's who I wrench for. Yep, yeah. So it, it was him, and I think there's a video of me actually going, "Oh my god, there's Wally from Wally Builds, but he's busy at the moment. I'll come back and speak to him later. I'm so looking forward to to saying hello." And then, never. Every time I looked over, I'm like, "Oh, he's busy again." Oh. Oh, and then and I never actually got round to saying hello, which and you must be like the only person in that meeting, other than maybe Brent Telkey, who I didn't speak to. Um, so I'm gonna say to anybody, if you go to a meeting and you see superstars like Wally, please go over and say hello. Um, because I'm like literally, there's, there's a, someone pointed out to me the other day. There's like a video of me going, oh, I'm gonna speak to Nick Wallet. What Watlet? Sorry, Watlet. But then yeah. I forgot oh, at the end. Um, so, did you race that weekend in Vegas? 
Or did you just spanner for Justin? No, I was actually just a mechanic for Justin. Uh, I haven't really raced any carpet. Um, I've actually raced maybe a couple club races. Oh, no, I take it back. I did I did a couple of the 702 RC races when it okay. just switched to carpet. Yeah. Um, but Justin really likes to race on the carpet. He and he does really well. He does really well at all those races that we've gone to. But, uh, yeah, he enjoys it more and... I uh, like don't mind wrenching for him for those races, and then I get to run eight scale. So, yeah, I think there. I think there'll be some carpet races for me in the future. But yeah, at that point, I was just just wrenching all for Justin. Yeah, it, it was a great. I'm not funny. What, the, the joke is, I never mention it to anyone that I go to Vegas, but I do nearly every day. Um, it was such a great time. It it, it was great to see everyone. Um, it was great to see you there. So, Wally builds, building Schumacher's turnbuckles. Is this it? Do we get bigger? Do we do, do we put more lines out, or do we just look to try and support more cars? Uh, for right now, we're we're kind of just doing our thing and keeping um, just the builds going, trying to keep up with that. Uh, turnbuckles. We have. I am going to start doing some uh, carbon fiber parts. I I got a little CNC router that I can do on like just my, like test parts with, and uh, then send it off for productions. But uh, the biggest thing that we have kind of growing right now, and it's it's kind it's still still really early in the developmental stages. But uh, we're working on opening our own track here in Huntington Beach um, for ATL off road and. So far, we've gotten really good uh, feedback from the city. They're pretty much on board. Uh, we're just waiting for final approval and getting our paperwork in order so that we can start breaking ground. And I think as long as everything is on schedule and everything keeps going the way it should, we should be, um, should be able to break ground about June or July. And that's, if that's the case, then we'll have an eight-scale track here in Huntington. Okay, I'm immediately going to go to our Huntington Beach expert, Martin Owen. Would would that yeah. be good? Would that be good, Martin? You know, can you? I thought Huntington Beach was like by the beach and there'd be no space. But since you used to live in California, you might not know that, Nick. But since you live in California, would you think eight eight scale racing would be great in Huntington Beach, Martin? I think any racing in Huntington Beach would be good. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, I mean yeah. they've lost OCRC, which is just a killer so i think as, as far as probably nick's concerned you you probably have to travel quite far at the moment don't you to race anywhere yeah so right now i'm about i think the closest track that i have to me is revelation and they're about 45 minutes away yeah. but uh like thunder alley and all the main tracks uh those are those are an hour plus and yeah. then the track that i really like to go up to up in channel islands up in santa barbara is about two hour drive yeah and then their their racing program starts pretty early, so it's a good four AM start time to get out there for a Saturday race. Is there yeah, a, uh, is, is, is this track you're building just gonna be eighth? Uh it'll be kind of, it won't be like the, the largest one eight scale track. It'll probably be a mid sized track. Okay. So ten scale could probably get away with it, maybe like a four wheel drive uh, yeah, buggy yeah. or the, the little, little mini truggies that have kind of taken over a little bit. Yeah, but I don't think it's not. It's not going to have a ton of grip. It's not going to be a high bite track. So 
running two wheel might be a little bit of a struggle. But yeah, it'll be it's going to be geared more mostly towards eight scale. Do you think there'll be a tenth track opens up to replace OCRC, or is that kind of a a, a tenth scale's kind of done? Um, there is the the from the owner of SDRC who is trying to build a track more up towards here. It won't be in Huntington Beach. It'll be more towards Santa Ana is where he's kind of looking right now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's he's having the hard time that OCRC was having when he was when they were trying to find a a new building so they can get out of there in time. But yeah, it's just really hard. It's really hard in uh, California to find an indoor facility like that. Yeah. We got lucky with our out since we're doing outdoors. We're actually we have the. Um, it's a sports complex that Huntington Beach has here, just in the city. Okay. Um, so it's got like baseball fields, soccer fields, uh, a big parking lot for all of that. They have a lot of tournaments here on the weekends, and we're actually going to be added to that that land. So we actually got pretty lucky with that. Okay. Well, again, there is only like two indoor tracks in our entire country. Uh, again, just for the cost of rents and business rates and all of those things, it's just unbelievable. Um, so, great luck, mate. Will, so, are you doing that with other people, or is that like a, 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 a Wally Bills thing? No, so there's actually three of us. Um, oh, we're that? actually all guys that, we all went to OCRC, we were all good friends, and we were talking about the idea once we found out, because we knew the news that OC was closing at the end of the year, probably around July, August. Um, it was There was kind of rumors going around, but nobody mm-hmm. really believed it, and no one really knew exactly what was going on. And then OCRC had a race called the Exact RC $1,000 Challenge or something like that. Yes. And uh, that's when the news kind of was really announced and it was real that OC was closing at the end of the year. So uh, that got a couple of us talking and trying to figure out a, an option that we can go race and looking like talking with Robert and Nick who owned OCRC and trying to figure things out there. Yeah. It's just too hard to find a building right now. Like if you found a building that was reasonably sized, reasonably priced uh, in a good area, they you know, they would ask you like what do you well, what do you want to use the building for and like oh we're gonna build an off road uh, yeah. sea track and they're like wait you're gonna put dirt in my building no we don't want that yeah yeah <laughs> so that was actually one of the harder things you could get the building it wasn't that that wasn't the problem it was just nobody wants all that dirt in there because um, I mean it does make a mess like it, even if you maintain it and you keep it clean like the dirt it gets everywhere and it, it's gonna eventually cover everything so and I can see I understand how that works and. All that, but I think um, I think there is, there's a possibility of a carpet track opening down here. I think that might be one of the uh, better options that we can possibly have for ten scale. Everybody loves carpet, me. Everybody loves carpet in ten. I hate carpet. Yeah. Jimmy hates I like carpet. <laughs> I like it because it's cleaner, but. Um, that's that's i mean i obviously i don't drive it that often i i mean i like the eight i i basically run eight scale for the most part and that's kind of all that i stick to um especially now that i don't even i don't even really run 10 scale i don't really plan on traveling for 10 scale races 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll travel. I'll travel plenty for eight scale races. I I love those races. Okay, well, um, not that we're known for many things, but a really difficult, stupid quiz is one of the things we may be known for in the Extra Lap RC podcast. I don't think we're going to beat last week's quiz. That was clearly the best quiz we've ever done. But I have got a little multiple choice quiz for you lot. Okay? Kind of uh, Wally Builds inspired. Um, this last weekend, what weekend just gone, um, Nick, you were in White Pine, Tennessee. And then you had to get all the way back to, I'm just going to say, to to, to California, to Los Angeles. Okay? Mm-hmm. Guys, does um, anybody know how far that is? What, from Tennessee to LA? Yep. I don't know, 2,000 miles? Not a bad guess. So, um, Nick, I, I'm sure you've never heard of the Eurovision contest. Um, where all European songs, countries get together and sing songs. It's brilliant. Definitely watch it. Zach Rogers is a big fan, I believe. Um, so, how far is that two thousand miles, Martin and Jerry? What? How far would I could? I, what European capital could I drive from? From Liverpool, where I am now, to which is two thousand miles away. It's actually two thousand two hundred and thirty-three miles from White Pine. How far away is that? Would you like some options? Oh, well. is it driving to Madrid? Mm-hmm. Is it driving to Sarajevo, or is it driving to Tel Aviv? Remind me where Sarajevo is. Yugoslavia. Oh, yeah, uh, the old Yugoslavia. I'm gonna go with Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, Joey. Oh. Oh, so tel-, tel Aviv is Israel, yes? Yes, and it is in Eurovision. Obviously, that's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. not Europe. Uh... If you put more thought into GCSEs, Joey. So um... have we gone from an RC podcast to, like, geography? Yeah, that tel- was it. I did... tel-, tel Aviv. Yeah, I, did, I didn't think Joey was going to take that long, but basically, correct, boys. Well done. I wasn't going to give, give, give Nick an option. It is as far as us driving to Tel Aviv in Israel, which I believe you may, your iPhone will not give you directions to. No. You know, I'm not being funny. That's how crazy it is for these Americans. But then as I'm doing that, I was using that as a distraction to get back to my old notes. Just a couple of questions before we let you go, Nick. You've been great for you with your time. But obviously you are known for the signature builds and all these great builds. Is there something that's like a, a pet hate when you either see somebody else's or something that you always want to make sure is perfect on the cars that you do? Is there something that I should be spending more time on? Uh, I mean, it's mo- mostly just taking your time on the car and if something doesn't feel right, and if you have to question it, you better look into it. That's how I kind of look at it. Like, Oh, you know, like that kind of feels okay. If it, if I ever get that, like it kind of feels okay. It's like okay, we're how are we gonna make this better? Um, whether it's drivetrain, uh, the wire, like wiring, wiring is like my biggest thing. Like that has to be as perfect as it, as I can get it. Like especially like running sensor wires and fan wires. Um, that's that's the thing that I just spend a little bit extra time on. And uh, generally, I won't charge. Like if I, a lot of the times, like it'll the actual 
build will take like if I charge someone say for six hours for building, and the build goes in four hours, but then I spend three hours wiring it. I don't ever charge for that extra hour because usually it's me just kind of like going above and trying to uh, figure out a better way. Like, oh, like that was cool, but what if I did this or what if I did that? And then I kind of get lost in my own just nerding out and then realize oh wait like i just spent an extra three hours on this car yeah but, uh, that's I, that's kind of the things that i look for i have a question that i'm hoping you may know an insight to the uh is it is it G, JD, jdm cables look at look. yes right how does he get everything so squeaky clean what does he do so he's actually an, like a, an electrical engineer and mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. access to a lot of things. He actually puts his transponder and receiver in the servo from what I understand. So he'll, I believe what he's doing is he runs a shorty servo, but then runs a long servo case and puts everything inside that case. I don't know how he links the receiver to the speed control, though. So there, there's some things I have no idea how he does it. Mm. That's the old I know gyro the trick, isn't it, Jerry? Power wires. The old, the old gyro trick, yeah. Hiding, hiding <laughs> everything in your server. Power wires uh, run underneath the battery. That I do know. They're soldered yeah, yeah, underneath, yeah. underneath the board and backwards. But as far as getting the speed control to talk with the receiver, I don't know um, what's going on there. Mm. So, it's... The is there a thing though which so if, going back to that so if it doesn't feel right to you are you somebody would you like put it down do something else and come back to it or would you just at that point just tear that apart and come and and restart it again that depends what it is uh, most of the time i just take care of it right then and there um just just easier to get it done before especially if it's like a drivetrain or a diff thing um i mean most cars have pretty easy access diffs these days but it's easier just to take care of it and then move forward after it's done right you run a kyosha that's a no-no yeah kyosha, <laughs> well again i, I wasn't it, in my mind i was looking at a bull diff in my hands that's that's what i was looking at thinking i never get them right they do come pre-built from schumacher so we were quite happy with those um yeah those the ball diffs are, can always be hit or miss because the ball diff, well, I mean, a lot of the ones that we have here, like the AE ones and the TLR ones, if the rings aren't perfectly smooth, they they won't feel good at all. Like, they, they'll they go together, they'll feel good, and then you kind of break them in and they get an immediate kind of like, uh, not really a crunchy feel, but you can feel like, almost like it has like a flat spot in it. But it's just like the the rings being kind of pitted and then you feel every single little, uh, little pit spot on there. And that's kind of the stuff that I look for. Like I'll be building and then I'll kind of feel it. I'll set the diff aside, build the gearbox and I'll go back to it. I'm like, I just can't, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. So I'll pull it apart. And then sometimes you just send, like you just spend hours and you don't get anywhere. But I mean, as long as you put the effort into Make it as best you can. I mean, that's really all you can do sometimes. You're only as good as the parts that you can work with. Okay. And then, so then, are you are you replacing your tool? Because if, obviously, if you are spannering, or you are somebody in the team, or like that you are spannering 
constantly eight hours a day or something along those lines, do you have to replace your tools more than anyone else? I have, I have a set of tools that I travel with, like for racing, and then I have a set of tools that I leave at the house. So, yeah, there is a lot of wrenching that happens, but for the most part, it's split between two sets of tools. Um, so it kind of keeps it a little easier. But yeah, I'm probably replacing tools every, I'd probably say like five to six months. Okay. Just to but keep sharp it, edges on them. And then Damn, the dome, I, I, I barely changed mine in a year. <laughs> yeah. So my question was that so roughly how many. It might be difficult builds that you're doing in like that six month period of time. That's what I'm trying to get to. You know, I build, you know, someone else builds my car. I might fix the odd bit of track, but honestly, other people would probably do that for me. My tools look brand new. You know, I've got MIP mm. ones with those little guards on that have never come off. Um, so is it just. You're just looking to keep, I think you said, you're just looking to keep a sharp edge on them. Is that what, that's the important bit? As soon as I like round a screw in with my driver, should I get rid of that driver or replace that tip? Uh, I mean, it really depends on the hardware. Like some of the hardware that comes with these kits these days are really soft or maybe they're a little bit off on sizes. So, okay. I mean, I would kind of use your best judgment with the screw. Like if the, if the screw has a nice sharpening, like if initially it, clicks in really tight or if all the screw heads look nice and square and everything then i would probably it would probably be okay to change out the tools if it's if it's starting to round them but mm -hmm. i mean i've had brand new tools and i put them into a screw and it, like it immediately like just you can already see it kind of like trying to spin yeah so sometimes it's just the screws just aren't very good okay right that's what that that's the uh that's the headlines for this podcast wally builds blames screws <laughs> um, that's it Wally Wally builds things screws and then uh, have you got a lot of B6.4s pre-ordered already uh, not yet just because I haven't put them on the site yet but uh, that's probably going to be coming in the next two weeks or so once I kind of get caught up with everything that I missed from last week yeah um, or getting getting a website updated I also had to add all the 8 scale builds I been lacking on that but at this point there's so much to do already that i don't had to hire another guy uh to help me build stuff and um we're we're pretty swamped as it is so once we kind of get caught up and we're able to manage what we have coming in well i'm gonna jump on putting more more uh builds on the site make it easier for people to order it's well if you ever struggle just 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 send me the five thousand pound airfare and I will biz <laughs> business class over and help you with your builds. Not a problem, mate. Dead easy. Oh, yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, mate. No harm would come to the brand if I was involved. Just you know <laughs> Nick, Nick, take take some advice. Just give him the five grand not to leave the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep him there. Here, I'll pay you to stay there. Yeah, pay me to <laughs> yeah. stay there. Um, <laughs> But but I you know when I next get over to America that is my thing I will literally be I will book my flight and I will message you um, and just say hey look I'm coming build me a car just like the I'm gonna say just like the pros do you know obviously our super duper legend in the UK is Neil Craig you know mm -hmm. and he was on yeah. not that long ago 
uh, we, we should get him on again soon, maybe. That and he was like, oh yeah, he just fills a form and associated. He's just like just tick boxes, and then this pre-built thing would turn up, and that just sounds so factory. Just to sit there and just tick a few boxes, and then for it just magically to appear. And it just shows up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's living the dream. Um, I, while these other two think of see if they've got any other questions for you, we will let you go. But Nick, before we let you go, do you want to thank any of your friends or your family, your sponsors, people who've been good to you? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to like TLR, Proline, um, Nitro Pro, definitely uh, Beach RC and Ultimate Engines. They've been really, really solid this year and really advancing. Um, the program has been really good there. Um, OGO Power Sports, Ma- uh, uh, Maxima USA, <clears throat> and to- uh, a ton of other people. Uh, Visit Visit Design, who that's the guy that make that designs all my graphics and stuff that I'm running on the cars now. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes it really easy. If I tear a body up or if I start destroying one, it's easy. Just one color and put all the graphics on, and it's ready to go. It's fresh and ready. But uh, yeah, those are the main guys and. Is your body one canned and that sticker? Yeah. So it's actually yeah. just one, one, uh, I use a uh, metallic blue, just paint it blue real quick and then put all the graphics on. All, all of the design and logos is all one sticker. Okay. I'm not or, saying I don't believe you, but I currently don't believe you. Well, not not one sticker. I take it back. It's one, oh, yeah, no, it's so, one no, sheet so, of stickers. Yeah. So I'm looking at your buggy and your each. So you just paint. So like the they paint blue, and everything else is an individual sticker. Yeah. So all the sides, the top, everything else is broken down into different graphics or gra- like little cutouts. They just lay on each of the sections of the body, and that's it. It's like it's like, so like a really a, big wind scheme, Aiden. Wow. There you go. I did not know that. Yeah, we got we got the idea uh, from actual motocross graphics because they don't act, it's not like a wrap where they cover the entire plastic on the bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just cover sections. And to keep weight down, I thought that would be a good idea. And then it came out and I was like, okay, this came out really well. And now I have people kind of getting interested and kind of switching over to that kind of deal because it's so it's just too easy. You don't have to wait. Like you just... You order like you can order a clear body, paint it one color, and then have a stack of ten to twenty. I mean, however you want to order ten to twenty uh, sets of decals. You just throw on, and you can change your body. You can change the color. Um, everything's super easy, and you don't have to wait for a lot for a painter. I mean, I have a painter, and he does really good work. But when they're when you're looking at like three to four months backed up with bodies, I mean, there's got to be some kind of option that you have to have is a little faster than that. And this is where it kind of ended up. And then the other idea that another reason we came up with this idea to do this is so when we do builds, we're not just sending them off with one color job. So we can kind of add a little bit more personality to the cars um, that are, that we're building. Well, I, I did not, I did not know that apps at all. So are those stickers, and I'm looking at your body shells now on a probably photo, so is that sticker set, I'm going to call it, is that specifically for a the the, the lossy cars? Or does yeah, that... so, ev- 
Cool. Yeah, so every single uh, every body and every template is designed for the specific body. So that one is specifically for a proline axis body for the ADEX. Okay, right. And we have one for the ADEX T. The the e buggy version of the body cuts slightly different than the nitro. Um, I have some S works bodies coming in, some techno bodies coming in to send off to him. So we're just gonna keep on growing the uh, the templates, and then. We can offer them on our builds, and then he can offer them as custom things for his customers as well. I love that. My, my, my shell is nothing like that, but I literally one can mine white and then just put sponsors, you know, just put hashtag Schumacher family on the side of it. That's, that, that's literally it, because I was annoyed when some people had spent time done painting and that like the one time you take your car out someone just puts their foot on it and it's yep and it's over wow okay well yeah do more of that obviously don't listen to anything we've said in this podcast us three are idiots clearly um but brilliant keep doing that that's amazing nick thank you very much for your time um thanks for updating us on on pnb and the stuff you've got up to you know I know you've got loads of things in the US, but you know, surely you've got to come over to Europe and then just realize how much of a big deal you really are because, you know, we all love seeing the pictures, seeing the builds. We're super happy that, you know, we, I've, I've, we've seen a Schumacher one or two being a two wheel drive and a four wheel drive being built. Um, and it's going to just inspire us to, to do these things, mate. Thanks for being you. And we'll catch you again soon. Cheers, mate. Bye now. Sounds good. Thank you for having me, guys. I had a great time, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Bye. Well, that was great speaking to, I think I stop calling them Nick and Wally all the way through that thing, didn't I? Yeah. And I think my Eurovision quiz didn't go down as well because he literally had no idea what was going on there. Um, But... Thank you very much, Nick. Uh, well, uh, Watlet for coming on and chatting to us about Wally Builds and his PNB. I think we should not talk about our weekend's racing. We should probably just talk to the new double uh, Efra One Twelve Mod and Stock Champion. No Vice Champions here. Michael Orlowski. Hi, Michael. How you doing? Hi guys, nice to hear from you once again. Thank you for having me. Mm. Um, um, yeah, th- thank you. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it uh, ended up quite well. I can can complain. It was it was very difficult though. Um, lots of struggles for the weekend. Uh, but yeah, uh, at the end uh, we came out very successful and happy. Okay. Um, it's late in Poland now, mate. We're not going to keep you for long, but thanks very much for, for chatting, turning up and chatting to us. Uh, Martin, did you win two um, Euros titles over the weekend? Uh, no. No. Joey, did you leave the house this weekend? I went racing, sort of. Yes. Practice. Yeah, we'll deal with that later. But yep. um, quickly, uh, Michael, you, you turned up at Hoodie Arena. Let's let's call it. We're into the lion's den. They put that great video up early early last week where they're peeling the carpet off. You know it's brand new. 
were you feeling confident going in? Yeah, yeah. Um, we went to Hulderina, uh, I think, uh, probably slightly slightly over a month ago to, to test. But it was an older carpet and it, it kind of uh, like shrank or something weird happened to it. So it had very weird bumps. So it was very bad for, for our testing. Uh, but then we we came to the Euros, um, I think, well-prepared. Um, I, obviously, I haven't done any 12-scale running uh, between um, the time when we went to Huri for the XRS and the Euros. But the guys in the UK did some testing over there with our car and and with the contact tires. So I think this this was uh, very useful. Uh, but then we came to the arena, started practice, and the things that they have learned didn't really work. So we had to learn over again. Uh, but you know, I came I came into the event with um, an attitude that I would just enjoy it. I'm not an expert in this class. Uh, I mean, I've TQ'd and came second at the last worlds, but I didn't have any expectations. I think and I just wanted to have a good time, and I knew that we probably will have pace to to fight for the win. Um, obviously, Alex has won the Euros for uh, for the last seven seven I mean, not years because the one Euros have been missed, but the last seven Euros before the ones last weekend. So I knew he'll be hard to beat, especially at the track where they develop their cars and. Uh, I'm sure he feels very comfortable racing around the track. Right. So there's like um, yeah. you know more than anyone else that what you know about twelve. Me, Martin, and Joey know nothing. But we see like the top heat, like the 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 the, the, the A finals. You know, there's yourself, there's Hagberg, there's Reinhardt, there's Ollie Payne, who we've spoken to. You know, our, our, your teammate Yawn as well. I think it was Mark who won the Worlds when they were in Milton yeah. Keynes. Yeah. So was was the was the pressure on straight away? Because twelfth just looks to me like a pressure cooker. It just looks like eight minutes of a hundred percent full speed. Yeah, I mean uh, the finals were quite tense. Um I was racing both stock and modified and in stock, I was racing the the guys that do stock classes all the time, uh, like uh, Jan Ortejski, Max, um, and and I think yeah, they, they both finished on the podium behind me. So, so I I was racing them, and and I started on TQ. So I kind of took stock finals as my practice before the mod finals and uh, mm -hmm. so starting on on tq and both so it was kind of nice to get the wins in stock just before racing modified to boost my confidence up um and yeah it was just constant pressure for the eight minutes in a1 of stock uh, jan was uh, always about a second behind me i created a gap on the first maybe lap or two and then it stayed like that until the very end of the race and modified a2 um, was exactly the same i pulled a gap from alex on the first two laps and and it stayed until the end in between a second or two 
Um, and it was just tough, uh, to be honest, because um, a, a lead like that in 12 scale, it's almost nothing. You don't have to defend, which is a good thing. You can do your own uh, qualifying lines, uh, but a tiniest mistake or, you know, you just start losing a bit of grip at the end of the run uh, and and the guy behind you is, is right there to take the spot from you. So it was very tough, but... Uh, yeah, I, I managed to do it, and the car was brilliant all weekend, and the, the power I had was also very good, and just everything came together, and uh, yeah, just and, just really happy about it. And it wasn't a massive um, Schumacher team that was there. I think there was you, obviously, Andy Murray, I think it's Nathan, Yawn, and it, it, it looked like you were hitting in the canteen, in the restaurant of the Hoodie Arena. Yeah, how how did you know that? I, 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 it's like a picture. I think I saw someone put oh, okay. a picture up. I, I think that was it. I, I wasn't there. You're okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I made a joke on maybe one of Yawn's posts, and I'm going, hang on, that's normally where the pizzas are made. Um, and I don't know whether – I'm sure X-Ray haven't put you in the restaurant just to try and put you off. No, um, no, so uh... – yeah. Uh, so there were pit spaces uh, downstairs, um, and, but they they put us uh, on the first floor where the restaurant is. There's mm-hmm. a small area uh, where the entry to the driver's end is for the owner track, yeah. where they put up uh, pit tables. So mm-hmm. we're pitting over there, um, and we we arrived at the track um, only Friday morning because. Uh, me, my dad, and uh, so we drove by car from Warsaw, um, and uh, Jorn, Andy, and Nathan flew on Thursday evening. So we so we arrived a bit too late to go to the track on Thursday. So Friday morning was uh, very busy as we arrived early. We had to go upstairs, and we basically sat at the pit tables, uh, where uh, right next to them people were queuing up for the driver's stand. Uh, yeah. which was on on one hand was kind of nice because we had the whole table to ourselves we had loads of space behind us for our packs uh, but literally literally everyone that were queuing up to the driver's end were looking directly into what we're doing with additives our cars etc uh, which was kind of intimidating on one side but also was kind of cool because Everyone was just looking at what we we're doing, and uh, there were uh, three control additives for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and we basically had uh, each bottle on the table, like all three of them. So, so people were really confused, and uh, uh, like people were asking around what kind of additive we we're using, etc. And uh, so, so that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, we 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 were putting upstairs as uh, we arrived quite late to uh, to Arena as everyone was already there on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. From my time I've been there, I know that's kind of where the barbecue is, where the pizzas yeah, are made. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Where like on the way to the outside where the pizzas are made, etc. Yeah, that, but the, the most important part of any hoodie arena. So, um. Well, did we say this? Congratulations! You know, well done, well done to all the Thank team. You. 
you know, um, Andy and Nathan must be really happy for the work that maybe they put in before. Did, did did all the team get on well? Did it all work okay? Yeah, it was it was very very nice weekend with the team. Um, me and Andy, Nathan, Jorn, and my dad. We uh, always go together to the twelve scale Euros and Worlds for the last few years. And my dad is pretty much the whole day in the tire throwing area, doing tires for me and Jorn, nice. uh, literally all the time. Uh, at the Worlds, he was doing them also for Mark, as Mark was using our car. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so my dad is the tire throwing expert. Um, Andy is, um, uh, was doing my cars this weekend, uh, helping me with stock and modified. So... Yeah, basically, I was just uh, making sure I have a charge battery uh, for the car and uh, just doing a few bits on the cars that don't require too much uh, 12 scale expertise. And Nathan was uh, Jorn's mechanic. Uh, so, yeah, me and Jorn could just uh, enjoy the weekend of, uh, of racing. Unfortunately, he had loads of bad luck and uh, he just struggled all weekend. Uh, but we worked together and, and tried to help him the best we could. And he was also very kind as uh, uh, we brought loads of uh, different tires to the event from Contact. And a different tire uh, to what we expected worked uh, better than the tire we thought would work well. And we brought loads of those tires and we didn't bring enough of the other tires that actually worked. Yeah. Uh, so Joran was very kind at the end, and he gave me one of his sets because we basically split all the tires equally between each other. Uh, but he he gave me one of his sets for the finals for modified, so I could run uh, both finals on uh, fresh tires. So so that was uh, very very nice from him, and uh, yeah, so we just worked very well. We struggled quite a bit throughout qualifying, even though. With DQ'd, it was three out of six qualifiers, and there were a few rounds where we would we were just uh, confused why suddenly we we lost pace, uh, but then some other drivers had exactly the same, and the the conditions were very difficult, as just tiny tiny differences in the track could cause that the car was suddenly very difficult to drive or just off the pace. Um, so yeah, just uh, a tough weekend, but you know, it 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 was at the end. It doesn't look like a tough weekend, but we worked very hard and it paid off. No, there was a a, a few off road Schumacher family drivers. We were trying to communicate between ourselves. Going, we didn't really understand what was going on. We didn't know when it was happening. Uh, my friend Austrian Martin was the one who was sending me information with, oh my God, I think Michael's going to do this. And of course, on Sunday when the finals were happening, we were all out racing. Um, but uh, we, we tried to catch as much as we can and we were all super happy for, for the result that you've got. Um, and then I quickly spoke to you on Sunday and I wanted to know how you were celebrating. And you just seemed to say you were going straight to bed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we we came there by car as it's only uh, about a five-hour journey from my home to Huderina. Uh So, I mean, there's, to be honest, there's not, not much time to celebrate. 
um, there's the nationals this weekend, so I had to come back quickly and prepare the cars, which I've done today. Um, so you know, and, and so also, I mean, dual scale isn't isn't my my main thing, so it's it's a nice nice win for sure. Not, not to take away anything from it, and I'm very grateful that. Uh, the team has helped me to get those two titles, but uh, you know it's time to get back to work straight away and uh, work towards uh, just more more wins and and more titles together. So come on, guys! Surely it must be easy now if you've just won the twelfth Euros over eight minutes, five minutes battling. Lee, oh, I was going to say Lee Martin, but he's not going, is he? So that's a really bad thing to bring up first with. But, you know, battling with Neil, battling with the Halls, um, not battling with Joey, he'll be too far down. But um, a nice, easy weekend in Kidderminster for you, mate. How's that going to go? No, no, for sure not easy. Um, I, I think probably will be one of my toughest weekends uh, with the local guys being so fast on that track and the track being so difficult so i'm looking Mark. forward to the challenge uh and yeah just we'll see how it goes i not ex, ex- yeah i i don't know how it might go no. uh, but martin what do we nice. know what heat do we know what heat michael's gonna be in <laughs> nope you don't know I, yet. I, I I do, but I'm not going to say this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay, you, you do, but I think it's released on Friday or something, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, Friday, because it could be a long time. Is it maybe a long time since you weren't in the top heat? But you're not going to yeah. be in the top heat this weekend, are not, you? Not not going to be in the top three heats. Not to, no, that's what, yeah. You will be there. Um, that'll be exciting for you, Michael. Does that does that? I'm sorry we're on a podcast and recording this, but that, does that change your ambitions for the weekend? I was, we were chatting at Southport, and I'm like, I don't know how qualifying's going to go for him because he's not going to be mm. in with the quick guys. Is it, is it uh, go out for the win because be... that's what you do or just get in the A because Everett will no, be fine it, from then it, on? Yeah, it will be different for sure. Um, I'll not have someone to, to base myself off, but on the other side you know i will be just uh, going as fast as i think i can and uh, and then i'll be able to watch the top guys uh, in the top heats to see what they're doing on the track which i think will be very important for me to see how they're going for different sections of that track as uh, it's a very unique track and you need a different driving style uh, to other tracks so it'll be nice to to watch the top heat and uh, maybe i can learn something from them so uh, so if i need to catch up on the pace then then maybe that might be a good help instead of being in the same heat as them and seeing that they're faster than me but just not sure where and how right okay um so so i guess it there's um and it, it might be an advantage, but also a disadvantage. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, I'm just yeah excited for for the weekend, and I know it will be tough, uh, but I'll do my best as always, and and just uh, do everything I can and leave everything on the table. Mm, I we would we chat. I think we were chatting about this guys before 
we even got the first guest on, but national driving standards are the best, aren't they, Martin? Even just because you run it, they are the best. You know, yeah, the only yeah. one you ever have issue with is, is Joseph. That's it. Everyone else is top quality, marshalled out the way. Yeah. It, it could be a real entertaining weekend for you, Michael. But we're all looking forward to it. Yeah, we have a good ref as well. Michael, is your, um, is your dad coming with you? No, no, I'll be coming. Oh, oh I haven't seen your dad in forever. He will be at the Euros in Robin Hood. Yeah, see, I won't be. Yeah, no way, really. Even well, not, not, not I, I'm. Yeah, I've got three days off work during during that week, so I'll probably come up. But Good. to compete, no, unfortunately not. Oh damn! Oh dear! Oh dear! Some of us, um, some of us have got to work, unfortunately. Oh. Just, just Michael's work is beating X-ray. Oh yeah, yeah, of at course. Home yeah. In the hoodie <laughs> arena, on new carpet, when they've put you in the restaurant rather than the proper pit and space, <laughs> where it was really confusing for people watching that we had. You seem to have like a race director and a referee both talking on the mic at the same time. Um, yeah. I don't. Know, I don't know who the commentator was, but he was really good, wasn't he? I really enjoyed listening. He sounded Dutch. Um, uh, I think. I think he is. German, I think. Oh, oh I think. Well, but again, and, but it, it was an amazing event. It looked great. The coverage from the Hoodie Arena was brilliant. It was on Facebook. It was on YouTube. They did cuts. I think. Um, early on, I think maybe during practice, at, at one point you can actually see Martin Hoodie like run over and like fix a bit of a carpet down during one of the early practices, yeah. uh, and run back. It was it was great to see. It was it looked like a great event. It's an even better event when the hashtag Schumacher family have just dominated. Yeah. Uh, apologies to any X-ray drivers who are listening, but facts, facts. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Um, Michael, thank you very much, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll just kind of let you go now, mate. Uh, and thank we you. will, because it's, it's late in Poland. Um, it is. Unfor- unfortunately, you will be with uh, Martin and Joey this weekend. Um, Are you not that- coming? No, no, of course not, mate. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Um, I'll be just... Preparing Southport for you in a month or so's time. That's all I'll be doing, mate. I I, I, I can't news to uh, it. go to Southport. <laughs> what, mate? Hey, I can't go to Southport. Hey. Oh, that's a shame. I have I have another race on that weekend. I need to go to. Well, therefore, mate, I don't need to spend any time preparing Southport because the exactly. rest of them. Uh, no good. Sorry, sorry, Neil. Obviously, I will prepare it for Craggy um, and the halls and everybody else. But mate, it's best. Does, does Neil listen to those podcasts? Um, nah. I, if if you want, I, I don't know. Let's just put it that way. I don't know. Maybe if he um, needs to go to sleep. Maybe if he does need to go. Someone said or, that about or this he podcast. Only, he only listens to his own ones. 
<laughs> yeah, that's probably it, mate. Uh, if you want some information, I know he's apparently, allegedly, he has a B6.4. Mm. He has one. I don't know whether he's going to yeah, run it. But my car's an LD2. Brand new car. I'm just saying. 13 mil diameter shocks apparently are really important. It's not very good for the environment when all these old 12 mil Kashima ones are being thrown back or Fox covered ones are being thrown. But anyway, sorry, mate, we're just rabbiting. You go. You've got to probably go, go to bed, get up tomorrow, fly over to England, do some practice, dominate, win two and four wheel drive, and then, you know, get back to Poland. And go to another race again. The following weekend. The following <laughs> weekend. Oh, mate, it's going to be of good. Of course. Wow. You're living the dream. Yeah. Living yeah. the dream. Um, just because we always say the same thing, would you just like to thank your sponsors before we let you go? Yeah, th thank you guys for having me for a quick chat. It's always nice to catch up and, and hear from you. And thank you to, to everyone that supports me. And especially Schumacher, Hobbling, Sampado, Power HD, and MR33. And uh, thank you to all the listeners and have a good day, and uh, or whenever you're watching, good day, good evening, or good night. Cheers, mate. And night, night, Michael. We thank you. You too. See you Bye, on mate. Friday. See you. Well, unfortunately, we had an issue with the end of this recording, so you don't get to hear me, Joey and Martin argue about who's going to do so well in the first round of the BRCA 10th Nationals this weekend at Kidderminster. But, so, that's it. Thanks to Wally, thanks to Michael, um, thanks to everybody. Please like and share the podcast. Please like and share all the podcasts. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you.